Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you have placed it in our hearts to be here today and to uh, learn of you. But Father, uh, we will be talking about a bit about eternity today. And we know that um, eternity, Lord, will be spent with many things, including uh, learning more, expanding our horizons, our thoughts, and perceptions of everything in this uh, world and space around us. But Father, uh, I want to submit to you that that starts here today and that we are incapable of taking hold of this if you would not consent to send your angels and pour your spirit out upon this place. I pray that you would send them and that you would come personally and speak to us and uh, guide us, Lord, so that we could uh, be about your business. We pray these things and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, this morning, um, I have to tell you in advance, I had high ideas of um, uh, putting together a nice PowerPoint presentation and pointing to things on the screen and whatnot. But uh, I was not raised in an environment that would foster those kinds of things. I was uh, raised around uh, big uh, machines and bulldozers and trucks and tractors and all kinds of things. So I always tell people if they could figure out PowerPoint and maybe paint it green or yellow or even international red or something and make it burn diesel fuel, I'd probably have no problem with it if I could put a wrench on it. But unfortunately, that's not the case. I've never found anyone do that. So this is going to be my PowerPoint for today. But I also want to, um, I want to say I'm, I don't intend to spend um, all of this time. How much time do we have, incidentally? Anybody know? It's like an hour, hour and a half or something, wasn't it? Till noon? Oh, okay, okay. So we'll try to speed through it because I want to, I want to, um, Make sure that we take any time that is necessary that you'd like to ask questions. I want to spend time on your questions. Additionally, if we don't get through this today, I will be here uh, through the end of tomorrow, I believe. And uh, I'd be happy to meet if anyone would like a little extra time afterward. I'd be more than happy to do that and, and uh, give you any time that I have. So. I'm going to start this morning with giving just a little bit of background um, I, about uh, a little bit about myself and my history, uh, what's behind it. But I do that only so you'll understand where I'm coming from. And I want to look at this from a very practical perspective. In fact, as we begin, I want to uh, make note that... Um, uh, I don't know if everyone received one of these, but there's a number of questions that um, were asked here um, in the uh, in the intro, and those questions were pretty simple about business and and um, particularly what is the business of eternity. This um, this whole program or this whole event here at ASI this year, I really appreciate it. Called chosen. And committed, and I thought of this this morning. I thought, you know, this is really um, 
uh, strikes at the heart of what we're going to be talking about today. But we'll reiterate these questions and uh, talk a little bit more about them in a minute. But I also want to, uh, I want to uh, uh, say that I realize that there's a lot of people, or most of the people probably in this room, understand much of my perspective on this, I would assume. And um, we share a very unique perspective um, in our faith. But there will be many, many people I know that are, that are already asking about this that uh, have no idea, uh, no ideas concerning this, that have never had any exposure, like myself, to these concepts that we're going to be talking about. So I, uh, I will be speaking in uh, fairly general terms. And um, uh, my intent is to answer the questions. And if we go over some ground that's a little redundant for all of you, then you'll just have to pardon me for that. But uh, I come from a very uh, unique belief structure that we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Um, and uh, as a Seventh-day Adventist, and we're all learning that it can be a little uh, dangerous these days to share one's unique belief structure in this world. And we're certainly see that and seeing that play out in the political arena. So I was raised in uh, the state of Vermont. I was uh, raised in a town called Cabot. Cabot is very famous, and if anyone has ever been to Cabot, they will know of the name Cabot for a certain type of cheese. It's the best. I tell people it was, to me, the best cheddar cheese in the world. My my family owned a farm up on Cabot Plains in Vermont, and in our uh, in our heyday, if you will, we we got up to milking uh, 250 head of Holsteins, with the exception of a short stint of 52 jerseys in the mid-1980s. Um, but that was uh, where I was raised. I had really no uh, religious convictions whatsoever. I uh, went to church a few times with my uncle, but I really had no religious structure under me, knew very little about it. Um, each day was spent on that farm, and I can tell you that uh, the work was very hard and there was very little rest. Dairy farming, has anyone, anyone here ever been around dairy farm? <laughs> okay, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the rule that I was raised with was very simple. Um, if you're gonna die, you get your work done first. There's no excuse whatsoever. And I remember times where it was 20, 30 below zero, and I'm in the pit milking cows when I'm nine, ten years old, and there were a few days where dying probably would have seemed like a pleasure to me, you know. Uh, but there was very little rest, you know. And uh, working with cows is really interesting, particularly in the summer months. I mean, you really have to care for them. They become your family. I see that that's changed largely today. But these were our family. Every one of them, almost everyone had a name. Usually everyone did. You knew everyone personally. You took extra care and attention of certain ones. And you'd go out into the field in the summer months every day and you would have to gather them in and you'd have to work with them. You'd have to milk them and whatnot. And if you didn't do these things, then, then uh, you could have animals that would die. And I can tell you from experience that uh, some of them are really dear to my heart even to this day. And we lost a number of them. And um, 
these things really paved the way for my thought process that I entered into years down the road. You know, today we have horses. Uh, I live in Montana, and uh, we have horses. And if you allowed my children to, they would doubt, they would dote on those horses every single day, and they would ride every day. But I've learned a lot of the same characteristics, and I learned a lot about animals and uh, business from that farm and even from our farm that we have today, which is very different. Uh, but I learned that they responded to love. They responded to love and devotion. And uh, I didn't really appreciate these things until later, and we're going to be touching on that uh, as we go. Um, I left the farm. We actually sold it in 1989, and I immediately uh, put my, what clothes I had in my truck and my chainsaw, <laughs> and I headed out west and struck it out on my own uh, out in the west and um, became uh, fairly successful. And... Um, I became very selfish. I lost a lot of those those ideals that I had grown up with with the farm. And uh, I tell people I became very successful in selfishness. And that uh, became problematic to me later down the road because all that changed. And uh, we're going to be talking about that change today. We're going to be talking about some of these personal beliefs that really changed me to the core and they drive me today in everything that I do. I won't bore you with the details, but uh, I will tell you that I went to work when I was in Montana. Um, I ended up working with some Seventh-day Adventist businessmen, and it had a profound impact on my life and changed me, uh, changed me, and caused me to diverge from the course that I was on but it was through business and through that interaction that um, I came to, I, that I had a, para, a shift in the paradigm, in the very structure of my thoughts because of the interaction in business. And that's going to become important to us as we talk. So I stand here today. Um, I am a Seventh-day Adventist. I, uh, I, don't, I make no qualms about that. I'm very proud of that, but as Seventh-day Adventists, uh, we have a very, very unique belief structure, and it really touched me to the core because I found it to be so practical and so logical. I spent a lot of time with uh, many other folks in many other faiths studying these things out, and when I came face-to-face -face with, with Seventh-day Adventists through business, and they shared some of the principles um, that this faith represents, I was shocked. I was more like stunned by what I learned. And uh, we've come to, many people look at uh, the Seventh-day Adventist faith more as a church and whatnot. I look at it as a, uh, a set of uh, fundamental beliefs that, that can truly change the very fiber of a person's being and inspire them in a direction that I, I found nothing else could. So with that, um, we, uh, the, there's, there's a lot of views in, um, regarding eternity today that I found. 
Um, but most of them, in some way, when you, when you take them down to their, really to their irreducible minimum, to their very core, um, I find a foundation of selfishness within those. And um, the, the reason the view that was shared with me was so interesting, um, in fact, th th those faces, they, they talk a lot about uh, eternity and what is beyond us. And I appreciate many of the views that are, are out there. But what I find so interesting with ours is that uh, it includes an eternity of work, of rest, and of learning and an expansion of the uh, mental faculties that is really limitless. And I found that to be fascinating. I found it to be very logical. And if anyone would like to talk more about this, I'm more than happy to uh, share on some of those details. But suffice it to say, what really intrigued me and what touched my heart it, when I began to work with folks in this field, particularly through business, was I saw a, I saw a structure for business that was focused solely upon the blessing of others outside of myself. And when I came face to face with that, it really moved me to the core and uh, caused me to follow a different course. And I'm going to suggest that this is the, the, one of the, the primary things we're going to be talking today, one of the rules uh, for business as I've come to see it. Uh, it simply includes giving lifting, engaging, helping, building other people up outside of myself, outside of myself, not for myself to do that. <laughs> There's a difference. But really to our core, to build people up, to help and lift others. And that is, uh, that's become very important. I've read a statement years ago uh, speaking about angels in heaven and uh, it was a description that really touched me, and I found it since in reading the Bible that um, uh, angels in heaven spend their lives in tireless watch care um, seeking to bring others into a closer relationship with God himself than they can ever even have. And when I read that for the first time, I thought, wow. I wish I could think like that. I wish my mind worked like that. So we're going to, uh, we have a number of questions that, um, that we asked in, uh, you know, when they wanted to know about this seminar. And I'm just going to touch on those quickly. It says, what is the business of eternity? Can it be modeled in our world today? Can we expect to engage in the business of eternity without engaging in business here and now? Can mission be the focus of our business rather than an appendage? And if so, what does it look like and how does it begin? Those are the questions we want to answer today and hopefully discuss them a bit amongst ourselves as well. But I'll tell you, I, I asked these questions because these were questions that I began to ask when my mind began to change. I was so interested in answering these questions. And you know, I'm getting a lot of these today. I deal with a lot of people. We own a manufacturing company uh, in Montana and a technology company um, that we've uh, recently acquired. And um, I meet a lot of people. 
meet a lot of people from uh, different walks of life. And when we get to know each other, I find that these questions come up. People really want to know, what is life about? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And uh, I hope today we can answer some of those. So I had to reconcile one other statement that I want to share with you that was written in a book, um, written in the 1800s. And it was a simple statement. It said, the work begun here will be carried on through all eternity. Now, I have to tell you, eternity really wasn't of much interest to me before I followed this course, before I uh, found this course. Um, it really wasn't that much interest to me because I had the this, this stereotypical view of floating around in, up there playing a harp on a cloud or something. That uh, really doesn't interest me, had no interest whatsoever for me. And uh, I wasn't interested in faith because of that view. But when this, uh, I had one employee that came to work for me that shared this perspective that we're talking about today. And when he did, I began to see a different perspective of eternity that came to mean everything for me. And it was something that I got really excited about because it included work. And most of the people that know me, especially my, my immediate family, will tell you that uh, I love to work. I love what I do. And uh, we enjoy uh, waking up in the mornings and going to work every day. And uh, if somebody could say to me, what would you do if you could go anywhere you wanted, go on vacation, go anywhere you wanted, I'd probably go right down to the plant and go to work, or I'd go bail hay. I'd go do something, but it would include working. You know, I could go to an island somewhere if there was work there, but if there's not, I'm just not interested in it. Okay, just a little perspective there. So we're, we're, talking, um, we're talking about business today, and we want to look at, we, I first want to take a look at what I would consider um, to be true business. You know, particularly in Seventh-day Adventist circles, we talk a lot about rest. We talk about the day of rest. We talk about the Sabbath, and uh, there's no more important concept in the Bible. But I have found that, uh, I, I, I've, I've thought about that, and I thought, well, why would one need to rest? Logically, why would somebody need to rest? They're going to need to rest if you are doing something that includes work. You're going to need rest. And if you look, even in the very name Adventist, it's interesting. That word Advent is fascinating because it employs that something's going to happen. Somebody's going to come. There's an event that's about to take place. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever seen a large event. ASI is a good example of that, that there wasn't a preparation and a work that was necessary to prepare for that event. So even the name itself of Seventh-day Adventist implies work. So with this, um, heaven, as I've studied this throughout the Bible, heaven gives a number, of, heaven gives various models um, that I found that are very practical, very useful in my life. We talked about rest. It has a model for the sanctuary, for one's very being. Um, there's a model of health. I work with um, 
Uh, I've been privileged to be able to work with the uh, Weimar Institute in Northern California. And the thing that really impresses me the most is I see truly uh, a picture, a heavenly picture of health there and how health happens, how it works. And that's been a blessing to me. So heaven has a number of models. I was uh, reading on my way down here. Um, there's a book uh, that was written by, has anybody read the book uh, written by Dr. Nedley uh, called um, The Lost Art of Thinking? It's an amazing application in there on thought. There's a heavenly model for thought in there that's, uh, uh, that's, a, that's uh, very impressive to me. So heaven has all of these models, and I, I thought about this. I thought, well, wouldn't it make sense that it has a model for business? And I want to take a bit of a broad look at that today. Uh, business, uh, I think it's safe to say that business generally employs some form of return for something that we expend, and this is typically money. So we're going to do something and we're going to receive something in return. I think that's safe to say. It's the general general concept uh, for business. It's about building, growing, and securing and protecting. Okay, I've known in business. I spent a lot of time uh, uh, not only trying to generate uh, wealth, but I want to protect it as well. That's a very typical position that we take uh, in the business world today. We want, to, we want to ensure that we protect that. Even in the nonprofit world today, I have uh, seen, particularly within the marketing realm, a lot of uh, companies will use uh, charitable giving as a form of marketing. You know, to say, look at what I'm doing and uh, inspire others to. I mean, there's a lot of very, very good things that are happening out there in the world as a result of this. Um, and a lot of people are inspired of it, but the, even that's a form of business. It's doing something oftentimes so you can receive, so you can, uh, receive from it. But I want to look at business from a heavenly perspective, and to do that, we need to first define currency. Now, in worldly terms, I think that's, uh, we, we all know what that is. It can come in various forms, but uh, it goes without explanation. But what about in, in heaven's eyes? What does currency look like in heaven's eyes? Anybody know what the currency of heaven is? Okay, go ahead. Relationships? Okay, I hear a number of answers, all good answers. Okay, you know what I think it is? I think it's people. I think heaven's currency is people. You know, in the book, of, uh, the book of Isaiah, it says that I will make man more precious than fine gold, even the golden wedge of Ophir. In the book of Haggai, he said, I mean, there's example after example. He talks about uh, refining us as fine silver, okay? Refining us as gold, fine gold. In the book of Haggai, it says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith God. Well, what is that? It's people. That's heaven's currency. What is the most important thing right now in heaven's eyes? Souls, people, right now. All of heaven is interested in 
everything that is happening in every single life on this earth right now because heaven is fully vested in this earth, okay? Um, but what did business, I want to really go and look at what this looked like uh, in eternity, from eternity past, okay? What was the business in heaven before uh, this world even was, according to the Bible? What was that business that, that one would engage in in heaven? You know what I think it was? Okay, it's a service. But what was that service? Just to put it in broad terms here, what was that service? That service was drawing the hearts of every individual that was in existence closer and closer to God, drawing them each other into a closer relationship with God than even they themselves would have. So the whole perspective of heaven in that time was focused upon others and drawing others closer to God, bringing them for all eternity into full harmony and even a closer relationship with God. Can, will that go on for eternity? It will. But what was the process? What did that process yield? Yielded security. Why? Because if you have a governmental structure which allows every being to, to operate with a free will, freedom of thought, conscience, they can ask any question then what do you need? You need something that is going to bind the fabric of that society to, together. And that's love. Self, selfless work engagement in the lives of others. That's what's necessary for all eternity. And in so doing it, you can secure eternity. When everybody is following a course out of their own free will, their own freedom of thought, and choice, then heaven would be secure forever, okay? So, with that, um, in fact, it's interesting, in the book of Philippians, it says, um, there's counsel in there, it says, let nothing be done through strife or vanity, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem each other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You see that? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and it took upon himself the form of a servant. Okay? And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So this is interesting because here is the God of heaven himself. And what does it say he did? He engaged in this form of business. He engaged in a business that, was, that its sole purpose and objective was living and helping others. And um, we're told, we know that there was a catastrophic event, and selfishness interrupted the course of business there. 
Is everybody with me so far? Okay. Um, did heaven want that course of business to be interrupted? No, not at all. Was it heaven's fault? Was it God's fault? No. Okay. And um, now it needs to be fixed. And the question is, how? And I believe the answer is found in the same mechanism that is employed in eternity past and will be employed in eternity future. And that's business, the business of heaven. So we want to look at how that works and um, how we can engage in that. And we need to, um, you know, there's, there's an additional issue now that has to be dealt with in heaven's eyes. There's an additional problem. And that's the, the issue of selfishness. So before that work can even be fully engaged in, people need to be brought to a place where they understand this fundamental concept and understand how that is derailed, that has even derailed the business cycle in heaven. So they have to be brought back onto that foundation and be brought to a position so that they can begin the, uh, the business of eternity again. And it is the demonstration, I'm going to submit that it's the demonstration of this business of eternity here that will allow people to make that decision so that they can engage in it um, for eternity. Now we can begin to answer those questions and uh, ask, what is the business that will uh, continue for eternity? And we just talked about it. This is a business in eternity. There is a business in which people will engage with heaven's currency. Their soul lives will be focused. Their soul lives will be focused on drawing others into a closer relationship with God than they can even have. So everything that is engaged in there will be based on um, a selfless work for others. And um, we have to ask, can the business of eternity be modeled? Or, or, you know, actually, I want to back up there for a second because I don't want to go past that point. All of the commerce in heaven is focused upon others and leading them closer to that throne. For how long? Forever. Okay, so if that is the work that is supposed to go on in heaven, what should be our work today? What do you think it is? It's the same thing. And this has become really important. This has become really important to me because when I started out on this course, before I really understood this concept, I looked at business as a way that I could generate wealth and then use it to help others, do wonderful things, bless them and give them the opportunity to go and, or to give them the opportunity to see this and be in heaven. I look at it as a, from a different perspective now. I look at it as every single thing I do every single day has to be gauged in this, even in business. It's not, business is not an appendage, something to accomplish this end. The actual business that we engage in during the day can, can be this business of heaven.
today. We can work with people and we can engage if we are willing to give of ourselves. We can engage every day. I don't care if our business is cleaning toilets. It can be the, it can be the business for eternity. And it's very interesting in the, in, in the, um, in the uh, food world that I work in these days, we get to meet so many people. And there are so many opportunities out there to, to help and lift up and bless others. But, you know, it rarely comes through just giving of our means to do that. It usually comes through that active service. And I can tell you that this, this for me has become very special because it's such a powerful platform that we can use to engage in their lives and accomplish two things. One, dispel the myths about heaven. <laughs> you know, undo some of the problems that exist in our world today and set the course in a right direction and, and actually expose them and help them engage in this business of eternity. Because this is what God wants for their lives. Is everybody with me so far? Okay. So, can the business of eternity be modeled in our world today? Okay, it's a pretty tough world to work in. We have so many rules and so many regulations I have to deal with, with gover um, government agencies. I mean, I, all kinds of things. You know, I've come to welcome it all. I've come to welcome every bit of it because I look at it and I say, whatever is put in my path, I have to apply this to this principle that we're talking about with business. I have to apply that. And if I can, then I can use that no more as a problem, but it can actually become a helper for me to help another person, no matter what it is. Okay? So then we and say, can we expect to engage in the business of eternity without engaging in business here and now? Is that possible? If I'm not willing to engage in this business today, and by the way, I'm not suggesting that everybody has to go out and start a business. That's not what I'm saying at all. There's many businesses out there that you can be a part of, that you can work for. Most everybody I know has to work for something these days. But whatever it is and whatever position you're in, you can be engaged in business. It's a very, very powerful tool that can be used uh, for benefiting others' lives. And um, today, this, this world that we're given today should be to us the training ground and the opportunity for us um, to practice, if you will, and to train for what we will be doing forever. I don't know about anybody else, but, but I was going through my life I was very happy. I thought I was happy with the course that I was on. I was doing so many things. I was, I was well convinced that I was uh, happy in that course. When I began to engage in this kind of business and when I began to study out the principles that govern heavenly commerce, my whole world changed. And as I began to give myself to these and watch my family engage in them, 
then everything changed. And I realized I really wasn't that happy in what I was doing, but I was finding such a tremendous joy in this. And I see so many companies, even within our ranks here, that um, go out and they engage in business. It's like, I have to do this, and this over here is an appendage. Here, my ministry and these things, my mission field is an appendage. And I can tell for us, we've come to a place where our mission field is everything we do every single day. Every company we form, everything that we build, every person we deal with is not an appendage. It's the whole. Okay, And that is heaven. Heaven is not a boring place. I love to trade. I love to put deals together. I love to do all those things. Innovation. We, um, uh, in our manufacturing, uh, 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 in the food manufacturing, we've We've developed a number of uh, different machines and a number of different systems um, that, have, that don't exist in the world today, that we get to do some amazing things. And uh, we get to benefit so many lives, and we get to be a part of people's lives. We get to touch people's lives. I love that. It makes my life go round. But that innovation and those things that we have, I find that there's no end to that if we apply the right principles and move forward in it. We have, a, uh, we have an, another company that we formed recently, and um, there's a young man that um, is uh, running that that I have come to love and appreciate. But he's always worried about uh, keeping ahead and, and innovating and, and building these new systems and protecting what he's got. And I told him, if you understand this concept and if you understand how heaven itself works and you plug yourself into that, you don't have to worry about these things. They will come so naturally. They'll flow. And uh, I hope he's applying those. I'm, I'm pushing him every day to, to be applying those um, within what we do. But uh, it, our mission can be truly be our focus rather than an appendage, and it needs to become our focus, our sole focus, whatever we're doing, wherever we are. Okay, and it can fit. It, it can fit into a wide variety of different forms. One of the questions we asked, we saw, what does it look like, and how can we begin this process today? I think there's a million different ways. A thousand different arenas that we can engage in to do this. But what I want to encourage, encourage us to do today is to get started. Decide what there is, where is the talent that God has given me, and how can I employ that talent for these reasons to engage in this business model that I've read about, that I'm studying about, that I see, that we're talking about here. How can I employ that? What I want to stress is that, is that the, the, the business model that existed from eternity and that will go throughout eternity is the business model that we can engage in today. And that's why he gives us commerce. He gives us into this world. We get the opportunity to actually engage and be a part of that, a part of that here. The first step, so... So um, what does it look like and how do we begin? And I'll take questions on this after, but I just want to touch here that the first step is to identify 
what our business is. What are the talents here that we've been given and how can I employ these talents to do what I'm required to do? It's, my re, it's a very reasonable service. How can, I, how can I do this? Okay. So for us, particularly in this room, the rest, we can only expect to enter into rest if we're actively working. Why would you need the rest if you're not working? We teach so much about rest. But why would we need rest if we're not working? And I can tell you, eternity, as I'm reading it, if I'm understanding it correctly, eternity is a rest. It's a spiritual rest. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing in an amazing place. But without having work here, <laughs> Without working here, why would you need the rest there? And even in eternity, you notice there's a cycle. Let's take the Sabbath. Does the Bible say the Sabbath will end with this world? No. It says the Sabbath here is just the beginning of eternity. So you're going to have a six-day week in eternity. And the Sabbath is the culmination of that. It'll be the, the bringing together of all of that. There's, uh, there's some uh, statements here that, uh, and I want to be sensitive to our time because I want to um, make sure I give you plenty of time to ask questions here. But there's a statement here that um, uh, I wanted to read. It was written in the 1800s. It says, the purpose, it is the purpose of God to glorify himself in his people before the world. He expects those who bear his name to represent him in thought, word, and deed. The thoughts are to be pure, the words noble, uplifting, drawing those around them nearer to the Savior. Okay? So think back, back in time. Was it necessary for people, for souls to be drawn closer and closer to God? Back then, a million years ago, will it be necessary a million years from today? I believe it will. And our purpose is to engage in that process now so that we can enjoy it then. I want to I share, um, I have a, so many examples of this that uh, I'd like to share, but um, one of them in particular comes to my mind. There was a... Um, you may have read about this in the news in the last few months, but there was a there was a man in the town that I live in that uh, took the life of another person, took the life of his uh, his girlfriend. She had been estranged from her husband and um, met a number of uh, other people, <laughs> and eventually ended up getting involved with this man and. Um, as he put it to me, as he spoke to me about it, he said it was a toxic relationship. And uh, he came to a place, now he had been raised in religious circles. <laughs> and um, he had come to a place where he felt that he was secure in his uh, place to do this, but he thought, I'm just going to end her life and mine and get this thing over with. And... Um, go on to whatever is next. It was very, very sad. 
So he did that very thing. He ended her life. And um, he was, as he went to end his own, his sister contacted him. And as he saw it come up on his phone, he de determined that he was going to answer the phone and, and say goodbye to her. So he answered the call, and um, she ended up talking him out of the second half of the equation. And he went, turned himself in, and um, went through the channels and, and um, was pleading not guilty to these charges and was going to chart a course that would uh, have a better outcome for him. But in the process of this, we sat down, we had a conversation one night there. We, we have a program we work in. Um, we work um, a lot with a number of detention centers and pre-release programs and even prisons and whatnot that we set up, and it's been, in a, it's been a very interesting uh, road for us. Uh, in fact, if, you're, if anybody is going to be here, uh, I think it's at 12.30, there is an event that's, uh, that we're doing at 12.30. We're just launching a new foundation um, uh, that is going to address these, these needs that I'm talking about now. And that is, where is At 12, at the Curtis Room in the second floor of the Hyatt, uh, it's called Celebrating uh, Prison Ministries. Yeah. So, so with this, um, uh, we were in there. I was in there one night with him, and he came in to uh, meet with myself and several others that were in there with him. And through the course of the conversation, he saw something here. And I'll tell you what he saw was this, this understanding that we have of how heaven works and how the governance structure in heaven works, how that business model works, how it has always worked, how it will always work. And he came to understand that there had been a disruption within that, within that model. And for the first time, he saw himself as being part of that disruption. But what piqued his interest was the concept of, of going on and making things right and actually becoming part of that business model, if you will, for eternity. As we started talking about this, you can look it up. He went in the very next day. He went in, let go of his attorney, and pleaded guilty to all the charges. And laid himself down and said, whatever, I, I don't know how I can fix this thing. But whatever I can do to fix it, I've got to get started. And he says, there's only one glimmer of light that I can see in this. And he says, even if it's in prison, he says, I know I can engage in this business forever. It starts right now. And I'll tell you, that was such a powerful, powerful concept to him that he moved forward. He came out of that pit of despair, if you will. And now he is engaged trying to fix this thing that he did and um, work with others. He's been given um, several life sentences without parole. He waived all his rights to even contest it. And, uh, and uh, even to the extent that said if they wanted to give the death penalty, he'll, he'll ask for it. You know? so, so with this, my, the point being here,
the very current of his thoughts was changed when he understood this business structure. And this is what every person in this room has the opportunity to engage in today. I made a decision in my life. I was very happy with what I was doing. I was in the land business. I was in the construction business. I was in several businesses. And when I saw the opportunities that existed within this work, I looked at those and I said, these are something that I really love, but I don't feel that I can fully exploit and multiply the talents that God has given me in these fields. So I disengaged largely of that and I specifically targeted avenues that I felt could be the greatest blessing to others and to draw others into a closer relationship with God than I even might have. And that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity that exists today. And that's the opportunity that will exist in eternity. But like, um, like uh, the guy that I was working with, we have to deal with additional issues that we've created because of this world that we live in. We live in a world that has got a few problems. It's got a lot of problems out there. But it's given into our hands to deal with those issues so that we can get on to this business that we're talking about. So I hope this is uh, clear, and I want I to make sure that I take plenty of time here to answer any questions, uh, speak less, ask more. Um, I have a few other things that I can share before we're done, but I want to make sure we take some time here. So I'd like to, I'd like to open it up and ask if there's questions. Give people an opportunity. Yes. You bet, you bet. And so we want to really look at it practically. The question is really, how do I start? How do I, how do I get started in this, particularly when I don't have a lot of experience and a knowledge, you know, in, in building business? And you have to, you know, one of the first things I would say is that um, actually building a business might not be your strength. You know, you can actually, I mean, I know people that own businesses and their strength is not in building that business. Okay. So there's a number of ways we can look at that. But, to, uh, and, and I have to, uh, I'll also say that um, I did not have experience in uh, a lot of the business that I engage in today. I didn't have the education in it. Uh, very little, in fact. Um, the greatest education you're going to receive is when you get your hands dirty and you really get down and engage in it. But my recommendation on that would be this. I would, I would really, I would, number one, I would pray and ask, ask for inspiration. And then I would do some searching within my own heart and I would review my life. I would say, what is it that I really enjoy? What am I, what do I feel I'm good at? What is my history and what does my experience look at, look like? And I found that when you do that and you look at it objectively, then you'll see patterns that emerge and you'll, you, people will usually know uh, where their talents lie. Okay. And I say objectively because if you let emotion drive the, be the determining uh, factors in in your decision, then you might find yourself on a course that isn't, you know, where your talents truly lie. So look at it objectively. Get some 
feedback from others, get some input from others. And um, then the second thing I'd say, and, and ASI is such a blessing in this regard, there's many, many people here that have a wealth of experience in business. There's a lot of people here that really know business, that have been very, very successful in business. And um, uh, don't be afraid to approach them. Ask them. You know, I have people approach me all the time, and I can tell you, I have people that I approach. Some of my very closest friends in the world are some uh, who I would consider some of the most successful people uh, in business in this nation and in this world. And, and I have found across the boards that when I sit down and I say, I need some advice, I need some thoughts. What are your thoughts here? Um, they love to engage. Because I'll tell you, there is something within us and we know we're created with a desire to help and lift up and bless others. That's what we're talking about. And, but if we keep that thought at the very core of your process, that I am, everything that I do is going to be to bless others in every decision I make, then I found you can't fail. I'll give you an example of that right now. We have, um, we have, uh, um, been working within the uh, the food world, if you will, within the manufacturing world, and there are structures that exist out there in manu in in the food world that make it very very difficult. I can't describe to you the tears and the uh, I mean all that we've been through trying to uh, build markets and things like that, and. Um, we have, for a number of about well, several months, actually, we've felt like we're we've been hitting our head against the wall. And I surround myself with a lot of people that have a lot of experience that are good in this. And we we have a very a, a truly collective uh, decision making process that we employ. By the way, that's another someday we need to talk about all the attributes of what heaven's business looks like. And um, but we have a collective thought process that we engage in. And we've all been stumped here for, for a few weeks wondering, what in the world do we do? It's like this wall just keeps coming up everywhere we turn. And you know, I was uh, yesterday it hit me and I called, I got our whole team together. I called them and I said, you know, it strikes me that we are allowing factors that exist in this world and in this market to drive even our decision process. And that's where the problem starts because we just took our eye off from that heavenly business model. Our focus went to the product and distribution and all of these channels. And we took our eye off from reaching the person and drawing them Blessing them, drawing them to a better related, to a closer relationship, to, a, to health, to all, I mean everything. And we, we, um, it caused us to step back and and look at it again. So those are my. Those, that's the, the you know to to answer that question. I hope I've answered that question. The um, take take the right steps personally, and then engage others inside and outside of these circles but never keep, never let go of this perspective 
and it'll guide you in the right direction. I'd be happy to help myself in any way that I can. I have one over here now. Any other questions? I'm happy to spend time. I'll be here through tomorrow. And uh, I'm more than happy to spend time with, with anyone if they'd, they'd like me to. And um, unfortunately, I have to go and, and speak at this other event as well. But I really appreciate everybody being here. And, um, and uh, I hope I can be of help to, to you all. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.